Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I am Scott Pianowski, and I am cordially inviting you to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, a five-day-a-week podcast where we talk all sorts of things football it's handicapping today and we are presented by our friends at planters you know those guys they've been satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years dalton del don is also here my co-host and dalton you know what satisfied me today i was breaking down some game tape travis fulgham jacoby myers i just think it's fun when these players you know myers wasn't drafted he, he looks like a, a stud in that monday night game uh, of course philadelphia didn't play the past week but fulgham has been a tremendous value. He's been top 10 in fantasy points per game since he became a member of the Eagles. I just think it's cool that players can bounce around. I mean, Fulgham's been cut by three teams and Myers couldn't get on the field until a lot of Patriot receivers get, got hurt. So I think it's really cool when these players come out of nowhere. Scouting's hard, even when you have the player in your own building. Yeah, Fulgham's been a great story. And Myers looks like the real deal too. Uh, it's funny, you know, the Harry failing there and Bird looked like a reclamation project there that might be worth adding, but it turns out it's Jacoby Myers. And yeah, he could be a, a real valuable fantasy wide receiver down the stretch. Uh, we'll probably talk about him later too, because DFS and Yahoo this week, he's an excellent target. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't peeked at the bottom of the script, but we give that. So I don't want to give too much of that away. Uh, again, our primary focus, although we'll try to help you for fantasy as well, is to give you winning picks or, or to give you such lousy picks that you can fade us. And this week's odds, as usual, are from our friends over at BetMGM. And they have a deal going right now. If you haven't gotten in the game yet, new users can get $25 in bonus dollars, $25 in a bonus upon registration. No deposit required. You can use it immediately. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. You can sign up at BetMGM.com slash Yahoo. Promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, and Colorado. You must be 21 years or older, and terms do apply. Okay, Dalton, let's give give the people some winners. Indianapolis at Tennessee on Thursday night. The Titans are just a two-point favorite in this game. The total is 48-and-a-half. And, you know, I see a spread like this normally. I, I think the teams are close to even. Maybe I like Tennessee a little bit more. Home field, normally I would just immediately jump on the Titans, and they are my pick in this game. But with home field, just it's almost worthless in 2020 now with no fans and the way things have played out. I wonder if I need to recalibrate what this type of spot would look like. I'm still going to be on the Titans. What do you make of this game? So overall this season, the home teams have scored one point more than the road teams, which is pretty wild. And we all must readjust that, yeah, maybe it means absolutely nothing. I still find myself 
you know, at least giving it the tiebreaker in my head. But um, as I did this one, yeah, it's less than the field goal. Um, I know the Titans have benefited from some turnovers this season, but um, obviously Phillip Rivers you don't feel great about. So less than the field goal, the short travel, outdoors, uh, I took the Titans as well. Is there anybody specifically for fantasy purposes? You know, the Colts, I was looking at some of their props, and with the way they splinter their usage, where three running backs are playing, when healthy, they use three tight ends. Now, if if they can't get everybody on the field at tight end, I think maybe Mo Alley-Cox could be interesting if Doyle can't go. But it's been really frustrating. You know, we know we've talked a lot about how Jonathan Taylor has been a disappointment. And then Indianapolis line that we thought was one of the top five in football, they're really low in adjusted line yards. They're one of the worst run blocking teams in the NFL right now. I, I feel like the Colts, if I were to go on any Colts prop right now, it would probably have to be a fade. Great Moali Cox play. I do believe Jack Doyle is out. So uh, even if there's two tight ends there, they get they get targeted enough. I think he could be uh, definitely worth using in the tight end landscape. Now, a couple other guys interest me here on the Colts. First, Michael Pittman. MGM's offering, I believe, is plus 1,200 for the first touchdown in this game. I like that. Him as a flyer. I think he could be, uh, obviously, a slow start with the injury. But one of the, another rookie wide receiver who emerges the second half of the season um, with very little competition there in Indy. And then, man, I was just wrong about Jonathan Taylor uh, benched last week after the fumble. I mean, he had had all these issues before the fumbling cropped up. I mean, he had, what, like 18 fumbles over three seasons in Wisconsin. Uh, Wilkins over 31 and a half rushing yards to, to me here to smash the button. Um, I expect him to to lead this team in carries. Um, I, I don't even like the coach speak. Reich said he has a level of confidence in Taylor. I don't know, man. I'm discouraged about him, but hopefully I'm wrong. I have plenty of shares of him, but you, you got to call it like it is. And right now, Wilkins looks like the superior running back in, in Indy. I'm also totally on board. If you want to punch A.J. Brown over 62 and a half receiving yards, you, you get a lay minus 115 for that. I, I think that he's Terrell Owens 2.0. He could score from anywhere in the field. He could run everything on the route tree. He's physical. He's deceptively fast for a player his size. I, I will never understand how he went as late in the draft as he did. I know that Ole Miss team wasn't that good when he was there, although they did have Brown and Metcalf on the same team. And man, is that scary. I mean, if you had, you had those two guys on a fantasy team right now, you'd be probably seven and two or eight and one because they're, they're so dynamic. But I think Brown over 62 and a half is a good Thursday ticket also. Man, yeah, Metcalf, the last pick in the second round and, and Brown going, what was it, mid-second? Just crazy. Yeah, no, he definitely not going to argue with you there. I'm, I'm all, all about A.J. Brown. I hope the, the targets continue to be feed him like they have been lately. Let's get to the Sunday slate. The Houston Texans. Fresh off a win over Jacksonville. They go to Cleveland. They were on bye in week nine. Last time we saw Cleveland, they played a, a very windy game against the Raiders to the point that I think you need to throw out anything from the Browns passing game. Yeah, I know Higgins did nothing and Mayfield didn't play well. A lot of drop passes in that game. Landry played very poorly. But the win was ridiculous. One of the heaviest win games of the year. The Browns rested our three and a half point favorites. The total is 50 and a half. What are you making of Texans Browns? Yeah, they had just six possessions that game, I believe. So mm-hmm, weird right. with the win. So uh, uh, the NFL record, I think. Um, I laid the points here. Not one of my favorite of the week. Um, Houston, just really good offense. Watson's awesome. Uh, really bad defense. And I think it sets up well for the, the Browns to bully them with their ground game and play with the lead here. So I leaned with giving the Browns. But this spread seems about right. Yeah, I know when staff picks it, I believe it was minus three. So that was a pretty easy Browns play for me. If I were to take Cleveland to three and a half, maybe I'd explore buying the half point just just to cover yourself on the hook. Although I wonder if that's not as interesting buying hooks these days because more extra points are missed than the old days. Nobody ever missed an extra point. 
And now you see with analytics and teams being more open to going for two pointers in unusual circumstances or times where they would never do it before. Maybe they're just getting smarter. What happens now in today's football is you, you land on differentials that are more unusual. Like I joke that there's more equity in the square pool of the Super Bowl because now if you have a two or a five, you're not as screwed as you might have been 10 years ago where everything was threes, fours, sevens and zeros. So I, do you think – I don't know if you buy half points a lot. Do you think it's less of a value now than it might have been? Is it always a sucker play? How do you view that strategy from a handicapping standpoint? Yeah, I, I think people recommend buying onto a number more so than off. But um, I typically don't too much. I know some places won't let you buy off a of three. Um, I, uh, it's, it is a great point that, yes, that I do believe that, that that matters less in these days, not only because of the extra point, but the coach's willingness to try to go for two at different times. You know, they're far more outside the box than before. Having said that, I far prefer, prefer give three points than three and a half because, sure, you know, that, that field goal is still a key number. I mean, you get in these late game situations and obviously overtime. Uh, but in general, I would not recommend buying, buying, buying a half point right now. Interesting to note that Houston only covered once in the first half of the season, one ATS ticket cashed. And it wasn't that long ago. They were up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in the divisional playoffs. They were 93%, I want to say, to win that game. They would have hosted the AFC Championship game. And since then, they've covered once. They've won one game, or maybe it's two games they've won now. But um, obviously, they fired Bill O'Brien. And at least for fantasy purposes, since they fired O'Brien, they've narrowed that usage tree six straight games of um, – they have a touchdown for Fuller. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who I'm not a big fan of. I know you talked about him a lot Tuesday. He's been great. Nine targets or more in four straight games. Watson is, is Watson. So at least you can play the Texans, I think, confidently for fantasy. But I don't think it's a good football team. And it's going to be killing them that they don't even have their first-round pick. Miami huh. is in the catbird seat. They have the Texans' first-round pick next season. Yeah, good point. And then Aikens is now going to make the tight end situation a little bit more clouded, too. Um, Duke Johnson, that's one thing fantasy managers need to pay attention to is I know he certainly flopped in the opportunity last week, but if David Johnson misses here, um, I don't know, maybe can you talk yourself into Duke given the running back so, so horribly thin right now? Man, the line's so bad though. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a game where Watson throws 45 passes yeah, and probably. I have no fuller this year, by the way. I, you know, I was one of the suckers who said, oh, he always gets hurt. Well, he doesn't get hurt in 2020. He scores a touchdown just about every week. Another receiver I do have a lot of, and I'm really excited about again, is DJ Chark, because it seemed like with Jake Luton, or Luton, I should say, uh, he he got Chark going last week. Now the Jaguars are headed to Green Bay, and you expect they're heavy underdogs, 13.5 over at MGM. Total is set at 50.5. What are you doing with the Jags and Packers? It's a lot of points, especially for a team without an elite defense. So I took the points. Luton looked plenty competent. I love that he was throwing that ball deep to Shark on his what his second throw ever, third play from scrimmage. Um, but obviously, this could go poorly in Green Bay. It just looks some games like uh, the best team in the league. So some weeks, the best team in the league. So uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones could have monster fantasy games. Of course, um, I like to stay away from the double digit games in general. But um, I took the thirteen and a half here. I took the points too. I think it was Curtis Patrick of Rotoviz, if I have this correctly. He was tweeting about Devontae Adams. Six games so far for Adams. I know he missed some time earlier this season. If you were to extrapolate what Adams has done for six games, you'd have the best fantasy wide receiver season in history. That's how well Adams is playing. And on a team, I know MVS made a couple of splash plays last week. You know, Lazard's been hurt most of the year. They've had, you know, Tanya and Flash for a minute. Then he's been gone. They didn't have Aaron Jones at full throttle last week. He didn't play the week before. 
basically the downfield Packers passing games, Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams only, and he's producing at a historic level right now. It's just unbelievable. I, I feel so stupid all the weeks I don't have him in DFS. I'm like, what, what, I don't like touchdowns? What's wrong with me? No, totally. The way they're protecting Aaron Rodgers, and it's just such a – he just targets him unlike any other receiver. I There's an argument he's like he's the number one. I, I know running back is so precious, but, I mean, there's obviously a strong argument that Adams is the, would go number one if a draft were held today, right? I yeah, mean, I, I thought I, – I posited on Sunday – that the, the top three in a redraft would, would be McCaffrey, Cook, and Adams in some order. And since then, McCaffrey's had right. a setback. We'll talk about them in a little bit. So if I were drafting right now, I would push the, the Cook button. And then I think Adams would be my next pick. I, Kamara could also get into that conversation. I, I don't want to slight him. But, man, Adams – and also with the, with the attrition at running back, maybe you just – the receivers are safer. Yeah, Adams was hurt earlier in the season too, but – I don't. I could not. Here's the bottom line: If we're redrafting right now, or if you want to pay the max number for Adams and DFS, I am not going to tell you you're wrong. I don't think you can stop this guy right now. And for all the talk, we talk about regression of touchdowns, right? I think there's a reason why Adams had three straight double-digit touchdown seasons last year. Was, you know, he's hurt. You have to throw that season out. He's really good in space. He's got a wonderful rapport with Rodgers, and he peppers him coming off the bus. I mean. I don't, I don't want to look for excuses why Adams can't score double-digit touchdowns again. I think you steer into that skill because it's something that he actually owns. And Michael Thomas returning could hurt Kamara. I think it's definitely between Cook or Adams at the top of drafts held today. One other side note with the Adams deal is watch Tunyon go off this week, but I feel like he's getting ranked too highly. Since Adams has come back, he's just been totally disappeared. They just do not throw to Tunyon at all. Uh, of course, tight end's ugly, so I'm not going to fault you for starting him. And uh, He'll be good for a couple TD games on a couple targets like Irv Smith, one of these games, but he's definitely taking a backseat, as has most receivers, to Devontae Adams. It's just a spe- crazy connection. And yeah, it's between him and Cook is the, is the top fantasy player right now. Man, it's tight end ugly, and we have to go without Travis Kelsey this week. Even Hayden Hurst, who I think has been an every week starter, you know, probably closer to, to ninth or 10th overall. You know, TJ Hawkinson is the number three tight end in fantasy so far cumulatively. I don't even think the Lions realize how good he is. Every week I'm like, where are the five more targets that should be going to Hawkinson? And there he is at tight end three. What a ugly mess that has been. Here's a game I really like. The Eagles and the Giants are playing a rematch from the Daniel Jones falling down on his face game. Felt like Philadelphia probably should have lost that Thursday night, but they found a way to get the win. Philly's a three-point favorite on the road over at BetMGM. The total is 44 and a half. I think the Giants, the 2020 Giants, are the 2019 Dolphins. Former Belichick disciple. They've changed the culture. Right now, they don't have a ton of wins. They did win last week. And unfortunately, I had Washington last week all over the place. And what a, what a crap show that was. Five turnovers. Uh, that fumble from Gibson where like 18 guys could have recovered it. That, that play just aged me. But <laughs> the Giants remind me of last year's Dolphins. They're scrappy. Nobody blows them out. They easily could have beaten the Rams. They easily could have beaten the Buccaneers. I'm wondering, I might even, I know I had some Washington interest in the NFC East. I'm wondering, because I don't think the Eagles are that great. Could the Giants steal this division? Is there any chance that could happen? I love the Giants this week. I think they're an under rep team right now. Logan Thomas, I think, thought he had to reestablish himself to be in bounds mm-hmm. before recovering the Very fumble. tentative at the sideline. You're so right. I watched bizarre. that over and over again. Oh, what are you doing? Was- yeah, knock the was, ball out of bounds. Knock the ball out of bounds. You'll keep the ball. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was infuriating. Um. So I, I, I too took the Giants as well. I liked them more at three and a half points in staff picks. Um. 
I could see the Eagles dominating the line of scrimmage here and getting healthy. Um, but man, Wentz has been so shaky. You mentioned last time they, they played, this was right down to the end. Um, it definitely comes down to Danny Dimes and turnovers, I'd say. But I guess Wentz is, uh, is also a, a, at risk himself. So I took the points here. Um, yeah, but I, I will say, Miles Sanders, if he gets healthy, this, this Eagles team could get healthy and, and dominate the line of scrimmage. So I would not be shocked if they but just totally if. ran it's away from the if. decision. Everything in Philadelphia is if. If Wentz plays back, if Sanders comes back, if Goddard's ready to go, yeah. if Rager can be a contributor. You know, the only thing I know about the Eagles offense right now is that Wentz has no regard for his body. He'll run. I mean, he's got a bunch of rushing touchdowns, which has been the buoyancy to his fantasy value. He hasn't thrown the ball very well. And as I said at the top, Travis Fulgham, man, baller. That guy's good. And I saw some people on Twitter today saying, oh, you're worried about Jeffrey. Could he come back? And they're nuts if they take Fulgham off the field. I, find, I mean, if you don't want to use him as the isolated receiver, fine. Use him in the slot. Use him in, in receiver combinations. It doesn't really matter. But um, I, I don't. I, he's the only guy in this offense I feel really good about right now. If the, if the Giants, who are uh, two and seven and minus fifty one point differential, if they win this game, they will have they will have as many wins as any team in their division. I mean, that's just crazy. And with Alex Smith taking over at Washington, they suddenly look less uh, dangerous. So that is a historically ugly division right now, man. That is that's brutal. If the Giants have a, a pick where they could land a franchise quarterback, do you think they move on from dimes in the offseason? Entirely possible. Yes, I think I think teams are pretty. Yeah, they they give you a short window, and um, I would not shock me if they moved on if he flops the final second right. after this year as well. And I think the days of getting that full rookie contract to show what you're worth, I think I think that's out the window now. Uh, Tampa Bay, I don't know what happened to those guys. I I taped the Sunday night. I was standing in for for Matt Harmon. I taped a, a lovely hour of football conversation with Liz Lowe's on Sunday. I missed the first half of Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on over there. 31 nothing. Okay. okay. I guess Tampa, Tampa Bay showed up. Uh, anyway, they, they're looking to bounce back and, and feel good about themselves again. They're spotting four and a half points at Carolina, who gave Kansas City everything they could handle last week. It's a 50 and a half over under. It sounds like we're not going to see McCaffrey in this game. I think you just have to take the points. Carolina's a scrappy team. Nobody seems to blow them out. I know Teddy looked really bad two weeks ago against Atlanta, but hey, they, they gave Kansas City all they could handle, so I could only take the points in this game. Me too. I do not love going against Brady coming off to such a disastrous game, but that's actually back-to-back subpar games, so maybe there's a little bit something there. Um, and I would also prefer, obviously, if CMC were healthy. I mean, he's definitely one of the running backs that matters for sure. Um, but yeah, this was of all of the whole slate. This was one of the most automatic. What? That's just you know definitely a, a, a knee-jerk reaction to take the points there. I think the Panthers are a live dog too. What do you tell DJ Moore owners? Early in the season, it was Robbie yeah. Anderson going crazy, although he only has one touchdown. Of the top 15 receivers and targets, he's the only player who, who stuck on one touchdown. Everybody else has at least two, and most of them have several touchdowns. But Anderson was kind of the featured pet for a while, and then when McCaffrey got hurt, Davis had a really nice three-game run. He was the running back one in his first three games, started if you add those all up. And lately, it seems like they got Curtis Samuel going. Now, I know there was a point where Moore had three straight games with exactly 93 yards. We would all take that. But what do you tell the DJ Moore owner? It's a trade deadline week in a lot of Yahoo leagues. Uh, would you tell a manager to hold on to Moore, to trade for Moore? What's, what's your 
state of uh, DJ Moore right now? Uh, I would look to move him. I think Curtis Samuel's a thing. It's, uh, it's well, I guess McCaffrey leaving maybe opens up some targets, although Mike Davis seems to seep them all up. So, yeah, I would be worried. It's not ideal. I had him ranked as a borderline top 10 receiver entering the year, and he might be the third best on his own team leaving the year. So, yeah, I, I'm worried about DJ Moore moving forward. I think there's too many uh, too many targets to go around, and he's someone that always gets ignored in the red zone anyway. So, yeah, it's not ideal. And what I love about Samuel is they manufacture touches for him. They look yeah, for they easy do. ways for him to get his hand on the ball. And a lot of times those are touchdowns. Like like last week, you know, he runs the jet sweep action. Bridgewater throws him the little flip. So he gets the cheap touchdown pass. Fantasy owners like that. Uh, I think Samuel's the thing. And yeah, I think DJ Moore is not that he's going to ruin your season, but I think he's going to go down as a disappointment in 2020. Really no fault of his own. There's just a lot of crowding of talent in Carolina. Let's go over to the AFC West where the Broncos and the Raiders renew their rivalry. The first time they've met in Las Vegas, the home Raiders are spotting five points and it's a juicy 50 and a half total. These are two teams. I feel like I've been wrong a lot on. I, I I'm not a big Drew Locke guy. He's been a garbage time hero. I don't know how they beat the chargers two weeks ago. Uh, and they really didn't show up last week against the Falcons, although they, they at least put up the fantasy points late and the Raiders, you know, some weeks they, they throw it all over the place. Some weeks they, seem like a team that wants to run the ball into the ground. They play at a very slow pace. I don't think there's any receiver who's getting consistent enough volume that you can trust. So uh, this is a game I'm not going to bet on. I had trouble picking it. I think I took the Broncos because it just the spread seemed a little bit too high. What do you make of the Broncos and Raiders? I took the points. Uh, I keep uh, you know fading the Raiders to my uh, detriment mostly this season. But man, if they enter with the bottom three defense and DVOA and win this game against a solid Broncos team by more than since, you know, if they win by a touchdown, then it's good for them. I, again, would prove me wrong. But man, this was another easy one for me to take, take the five points. I know Drew Locke has been far better uh, in fantasy than real life with the garbage time stats, but still. Oh, and, and, and Judy missed practice as well. Hopefully he's healthy. But man, there's a lot of interesting offensive weapons there, a far better defense. Um, so yeah, I would expect this game to be close. Yeah, it would be frustrating if Judy ended up having a serious injury because he had 24 targets the last two weeks. He's starting to spread his wings. I'm a Tim Patrick fan, but let's not kid ourselves. Judy was a a first-round pedigree guy. A lot of people thought he was the most interesting receiver in that loaded class. I was surprised that Ruggs went ahead of him. It's kind of funny that they're they're playing together in this game. I'll I'll be on other sides of the ball. Let me ask you this. If I said to you, Dalton, I'm going to give you a free Raiders receiver for the rest of the year and all your fantasy teams. You don't have to pay anything for him. You don't have to drop anybody. I'm just going to give you this one guy to fortify your rosters. Which Raider? And you can't take Darren Waller. It's going to be a wide receiver. Which Raider would you pick? I guess Ruggs because of the upside. Renfro is the safest pick, especially in PPR. But, uh, man, crazy that Aguilar is the starter over Brian Edwards, who everyone loved this preseason. Um, so it would still be Ruggs, but, man, the targets have not been there. Judy, yeah, it's a great great point. He's taken ahead of Judy, and here's their matchup. Judy, meanwhile, I believe leads the NFL in air yards the last two weeks. I know he led it last week, too. So hopefully he's healthy. But Ruggs would be my pick here. But what, what about you, Pino? I think I'd lean towards Renfro, because I think he's the easiest yeah. single. And on a lot of my teams, I have really good. I have alphas. I have Adams or I have Metcalf or I have A.J. Brown, guys like that. So I ju- I'm just looking for somebody who might be Fair. flex playable through the bye week season. And I think maybe that's Renfro. It's I want to figure out what they do with Aguilar. What, he's got five touchdowns on 17 catches. We know it's an unsustainable rate. But I would say, I would pause it. If you're playing that well, shouldn't the usage go up? Why not throw the ball to this guy more often? He he was a former first-round pick. It's not like there isn't a pedigree here. 
It, he's definitely impressed. Far better. Yeah, I left him for dead. Uh, real quick about quarterbacks. Speaking of teams not giving too long of leash, man, if Drew Locke doesn't really change, turn around his play, I had imagined Denver will move on next year. And what a situation whoever lands there with Fant, Albert O, Judy, Patrick, Hamler, and Cortland Sutton returning. Maybe I just have a soft spot for the guy, but I'm just hoping Sam Darnold can go to a team where he has a chance. I think he'd be a great fit for San Francisco. A great I have fit my for eye Pittsburgh. on him. Oh, believe me. Yeah, great Niners. fit for, for Denver. Niners, I have my eye on Darnold for sure as a Niners fan, for sure. I, I, yes, he would be very interesting and get off the gay stink. He's so young. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And he would be another interesting one for Denver. I expect him to, to flourish wherever he goes. So, look, one of the oldest things you do in fantasy is you go where the points are, right? You go where the high totals are. And Buffalo at Arizona is a 55-and-a-half total. So all sorts of points expected here. Arizona is a one-point favorite. So it's really just, you know, pick your winner here. Uh, the five scariest words, uh, Dalton, Kenyon Drake returns to practice. Uh, I'm so disappointed. I was so excited, thrilled that Chase Edmonds, my stash, was finally getting to play, and he had all those, what, 28 touches or something like that. They went almost nowhere. He, really frustrating that that didn't get unveiled. But Kyler Murray's been terrific. He's really been the player Lamar Jackson was last year. Kyler Murray's that player this year, except I think Kyler can actually threaten more of the field with his arm. I think he's, he's more accurate. I think he throws to outside the numbers better. Unbelievable runner. I mean, he runs like a punt returner. That's a Matt Patricia quote from earlier in the season. Should be a lot of points here. I thought Buffalo was really smart. Seattle said... Oh, yeah, we'll stop the run. And Buffalo said, well, good luck with that. We're not running. We're just going to throw every down. They threw 21 straight first downs in a row. So uh, looks like a lot of points here. What do you do with this game? Much to Pete Carroll's chagrin, who apparently game planned just to stop the run. I guess Kyler Murray is the most fantasy points ever through at this point of the season, which is just uh, wild. He's getting it done on the ground. Um, very frustrated personally on the Cardinals. I was on them last week. I tried to get cute in Survivor and pivoted uh, with them, watching the... The, the, the Steelers I was worried about and, and the Patriots. And they both were absolutely life and death to the end. It was a very, very tilting weekend. Uh, the Cardinals give up another defensive touchdown. Uh, I'm sorry, the Dolphins manage another defensive touchdown. The missed field goal at the end after a million third and shorts turn into fourth and shorts and the arbitrary nature of spotting the ball. Who comes up short in a 40-yard field goal? But I'm not bitter at all. Um, I'm sticking with the, the Cardinals in this. Buying low, selling high. Um, but this should be up. Total fun game to watch and stack your your teams in DFS here. Yeah, we line up here. I took the Cardinals this week. Not that I don't respect Buffalo and their offense. And, and note how when John Brown's healthy, he's not the best receiver on the Bills, but he's kind of a glue player for them. The two times that Josh Allen has stubbed his toe, it coincidentally or not, has been with John Brown on the sideline. So you know, when he's back to full throttle, who do you cover? Diggs is a star. Brown is a really good player. I, I think Cole Beasley has been underrated most of his career. They're, they're even getting some contributions from their rookie, Gabe Davis. Cliff Kingsbury killed me last week. I needed Miami in some money line parlays. I thought Miami came in maybe a little bit overwrapped. First, Kyler gives them the gift touchdown with the fumble. And it's just so frustrating to see a team get points that easily on, on kind of a flukish play. But Miami couldn't stop Kyler. They couldn't stop him on the ground. They couldn't stop him through the air. And the fact that Kingsbury kicked a long, you know, 49-yard field goal, I know it's, it's easier to make one these days than it was, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago. But Miami is probably jumping up and down when you're lining up for a field goal. The last thing they want is Kyler Murray running the ball on fourth down because they what are they going to do? How are they going to stop him? And even if they make the field goal, all it does is tie the game. Miami would have had plenty of time to put together a drive anyway. And the Arizona defense hasn't stopped them all game. I, I think Cliff Kingsbury does a lot of things well, but – 
I don't think he's a good game theory coach. I don't think he's a good game manager coach. No, it was a frustrating uh, lack of aggressiveness. I mean, Arizona coming off its bye. Miami, the crazy win despite getting out game the week before. Down to their, what, fourth and fifth string, Salvan Ahmed at running back. And even Preston Williams left uh, hurt, too. So props to Tua, though. He answered the bell. I mean, it gave him the expand of the playbook, and he uh, made some, some better throws. And, and uh, yeah, what a fun rookie quarterback class this looks like. I picked up some Ahmed this week. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I'm, I'm sick of watching the Jordan Howard show, which is yeah, average yeah. less than two yards a carry, but get a one-yard touchdown. I mean, he's got that down to a science. I can project you. I didn't have running backs for fearless forecast, but I can yeah. give you Jordan Howard right now. He'll score seven points, six of it on a touchdown. Yeah, it's still fun. You know, and one point. Ten uh, carries, yeah, too. It might, it might require ten carries to get those 19 yards like last week. Such a Jordan Howard line. He really delivered. At least he's consistent. Yeah, hurry back. Miles Gaskin, we all miss you. Not that Gaskin was going crazy, but he was Ricky Williams on this team. And speaking of Miami, they're our next game. The Chargers, they're fun. Herbert, rookie of the year, front runner right now, but they can't. They seem to lose games. I I like Anthony Lynn. I, I really enjoyed him in Hard Knocks. I don't think he's the right coach for this football team. The Chargers go to Miami. Miami's a two and a half point favorite. It's a forty-seven and a half total. What do you make of the bolts and the fish? Yeah, so uh, the other team I was on last week were the Chargers. So I'm not a big Anthony Lynn fan. The time management at the end of that game, just a lack of aggressiveness in general, having a budding superstar quarterback is very frustrating. Um, but again, I'm going to sell the, the Dolphins here. And I don't know. I mean, the coaching may end up killing me here, but I'll just go back to the well with the Chargers and not feel smart about it. Yeah, I could only take the Chargers here. I mean, look, Miami, they beat the Rams two weeks ago with two runback touchdowns and another runback that got them to the one-yard line. So they had a one-yard drive. That stuff is just fluky, and that's one reason why I thought Arizona was a great pick next week. You know, No team had been out, outgained more in a single game than that, the Dolphins in that Rams game. Right. There are all sorts of qualifiers where you, know, you four or five different things that never happened to lead to a certain result happened in that game. So I thought Arizona over Miami was a great pick. And again, what's the first thing that happens? Miami gets a gift. It's, it's one thing if you, you know, if Aaron Donald crashes the pocket or something, but Kyler, who had a great game otherwise, just didn't handle the ball smartly on that play. And he said, here, take a touchdown. I, I like Miami. I think they're well coached. Tua did take a step forward in his second start. But, I mean, he's still a pretty inexperienced guy. I mean, I, I right now, even though I think Miami has reason to be encouraged by Tua, they still have to be petrified that maybe they should have taken Herbert. That has to be oh. in the back of their mind that did we take the wrong guy? Because I don't know anybody who would bet against Herbert being the genuine article right now. We'll see with Tua. He had one game he wasn't asked to do anything. A second game where he, he played well. He, I don't wouldn't say he played great, but he, he did just fine. And he was willing to run and everything. I, I'm not in love with the skill talent here. We hate their running backs, right? Uh, Parker's had a down season. Williams was hurt in the last game. I think Gusecki has very quietly been a fantasy disappointment. So I think this is a good get-back spot. If it wasn't for Anthony Lynn, I'd, I'd really be convicted. This would be one of my five darts of the week. I may put it in there anyway. Yeah, we feel the same. It's just the coaching is the one concern. But yeah, all the signs point to Miami, some regression, and uh, a couple things with the Chargers. One, Justin Jackson, how frustrating DFS last week. The Gets injured week, I mean, sorry, the first play or one of the first snaps of first the game snap, yeah unbelievable there um and justin herbert i think would be one of the top five picks if an if a draft were held today uh of all the players involved i mean maybe you think that's too aggressive but uh so i'm with you i think i think miami absolutely is already terrified they made a mistake there and uh yeah i expect it should be a fun game uh, between the two rookie qbs um and it'll probably come down to the end with the chargers disastrously losing again 
I know for the moment he's on the practice squad, but I suspect he'll be active on the weekend. Do you have the guts to play Kalen Balaj in this game? No, probably. Yeah, I don't. I guess running backs are so so thin right now. It, it certainly wouldn't fault a team if you needed to. I mean, I'll put it that way. I did do the running back field forecast this weekend. It's ugly. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 it gets thin fast. Yeah, the week I did, I, I wanted to apply for hazard pay. You know, it just it just it's yeah. the guys you have to talk about and the the degree of uncertainty that there is with so much splintered usage, and obviously it's always the heaviest position. Uh, with injuries that we have to factor in. So, and, and speaking with that, um, a backfield we really don't know much about the Seattle Seahawks, but maybe they'll just junk the running game and let Russ cook. They're at the Rams, who are fresh off their bye week. Uh, the hometown Rams are one and a half point favorite over at Bet MGM, and it's a 54 and a half total. Uh, what do you make into the Seahawks and Rams? I don't love going against Russell Wilson coming off a, a loss, like all those turnovers, but I'm just saying like, the Rams are about even teams. I know the home field maybe doesn't matter as much, but I do like the Rams here. Their defense is playing far, obviously far by I mean, Seattle. One team is uh, on pace to allow nearly a thousand uh, more passing yards than any other team in NFL history. And I believe the Rams lead the NFL in yards per play. I believe they're allowed the fewest. So big difference there. Of course, Russell Wilson is, is the equalizer, uh, but I, I took the Rams. I did too. Um, I'm I'm still a big McVay fan. I think he's a good coach. I like him off a bye. Seattle had to do the travel. Now Seattle had that great resume of, of doing well on the East Coast, yeah, and they they yeah. you know they didn't play a great game against Buffalo, but now they come back to the West Coast. McVay on a bye asked to swallow a small spread, which is really just pick the winner. I think it's a good spot for the Rams. Now we need Jared Goff to play well, even though Seattle's defense is horrible. Sometimes Goff just puts up stinkers, and it's you have to deal with that, but. I'm going to bet on McVay in this game. And again, it terrifies me. Like you, it terrifies me to bet against Russell Wilson. I'm going to rely on you with the 49ers. I don't know what to make of this team because there's just so many players hurt. Sounds like Mostert and Coleman won't be ready this week. So we're going to have to try to figure out McKinnon. We're trying to figure out Hasty. Uh, they had a receiver pop last week, right? Richie Adams, was it? You had, had Richie James. Game Thursday Richie night. James. Richie James, right. Yeah. Richie James. I don't even have his name right. Uh, anyway, the Niners, your San Francisco 49ers, Dalton, they're catching nine and a half at the Saints, who obviously couldn't have played a better game at Tampa Bay. The total is 49 and a half over at Bet MGM. What are you doing with the Niners and Saints? I could see the savvy take being like, oh, Niners are so low right now, and the Saints coming off that ridiculous performance in primetime. But even then, I'm laying the wood here. The Niners have suffered too many injuries, man. It's just, it's tough. It's They're down to their D team, let alone their B or C. So I, I think they've reached that point. And uh, against the Saints, look like our, there's a strong argument. They're the best team in football in New Orleans. Um, yeah, they could easily cover this, a spread that's not even double digit. So I, I laid the wood with New Orleans. I took the points, but zero conviction with it. This is not a game I would... I would bet. I don't even want to tease the Saints, which a lot of people may say with that, you know, that spread in that area, that's a really attractive tease game. I, I'm just worried that maybe New Orleans emptied out the tank yeah. on that Tampa Bay game. They knew how important it was. It was it was a Sunday night game, and maybe they'll just come out a little bit flat, not needing this game as much against a, a Niners team where half of the team photos on the injury <laughs> report. Yeah, I don't know. Michael Thomas is now back healthy too, though. This could be uh, could be a long day. I do like Brandon Ayuk, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, yeah, it's it's ugly, the Niners. Um, I, I hear you with the coaching, and every now and then they do turn in this really surprising performance. But uh, I, I've really never seen injuries quite like this. It's a, it's a lost season in San Francisco. 
Before we get to the Sunday night and Monday night game, I want to mention there are two games that we don't currently have a bet MGM spread on because of apparently injury concerns. Cincinnati initially was getting seven and a half. I think the spread was at Pittsburgh, but right now with Roethlisberger's status up in the air, there's no available line in that game. Just uh, do you have a quick thought on the Bengals and Steelers? Yeah, take the points. I know it looks like a big mismatch in the trenches there for Cincinnati, but doesn't don't the Steelers always play down to their competition in life and death and, and Roethlisberger's totally banged up and missing practice all week? So I like the points there. I could only take the points. Um, I'm encouraged that even with a messy offensive line, Joe Burrow seems to play better every week, and I, I like his receivers. Maybe they'll get mixed and back. He had a, uh, a limited practice on Wednesday, and those foot injuries can be tricky sometimes, but I just kind of have an affection for the Bengals. And as you say, we, we've seen with the, as much as I like Mike Tomlin, it's very Steeler to, to sometimes not play to the level of not, you know, get up for a game like this. They play down to the level of competition. So I'll, I'll co-sign that. looks like there's currently not a line for the Washington football team against Detroit. I'm not sure if that's related to Stafford or something else. I could only take the WFT. And I look, I know last week I pitched them hard. I made them my bold prediction. I talked about them as a, NFC East sleeper to win the division. That looks really silly after they played as poorly as they did against the Giants. They almost stole that game late, but they did not play well. I thought it was possible that somebody could have a five turnover game in, in that day. I, I, I just thought it would be the Giants. I didn't think it'd be the Redskins or the, I'm sorry, the football team. They are not the, uh, sorry to put that old nickname out there. But anyway, there's no spread right now, but when they do post a spread, I'm almost sure I'll be on Washington. I was on them last week with you big time. So fresh. Like I said, Antonio Gibson doesn't fumble. They're driving to go up 7 nothing. So different, just the flow of that game and uh, obviously the injury. So because of that injury, though, I love the story, Alex Smith, 17 surgeries. Um, but uh, I, I moved Detroit into my top 10 fantasy D. Uh, I think Stafford bounces back. Um, I, I laid the points here. And Gibson's banged up with his shoulder injury. Um, I, I hope Alex Smith continues to play uh, competent and, and hit up McLaurin and whatnot. But I fear that this could be a bad setup for him here with the Lions. And I actually have a DFS angle I like in this game. But we'll, we'll save it for our DFS segment at the end. Let's get to the primetime games. The Ravens, I didn't think they're all that impressive, but they did take care of business against Indianapolis. Now, they're the team that got me ticked off two weeks ago when they dominated Pittsburgh, but it was four Lamar Jackson turnovers. They're spotting seven points at New England. Bill Belichick, a seven-point underdog at home. But, man, the Patriots didn't play well against the Jets at all. I know Myers had a great game, and, and Cam did tough it out. Played well in the fourth quarter. I thought the Jets were the better team in that game. I thought they were the right side in that game. So now Baltimore's laying seven on the road. I, I just can't believe we're seeing that in a team at Foxborough. But maybe I'm just fooled by the laundry. A very low total on this game, 43 and a half. What are you doing with Ravens and Patriots? I took the points. Patriots, weird team. They could be five and three. They could also be two and six coming off a loss in which they were lit up by Joe Flacco. So, um, I, But then again, the, the Ravens passing offense is, is certainly... A problem. So uh, you give me seven. Um, I'll, I'll take New England at home in prime time. Yeah, I, I took New England too because I feel like Baltimore. Their offense needs a, a show of good faith. Yeah, I did my I AFC midterm grades. I gave him a D. Jackson's been a disappointment. Andrews has been a disappointment. The the backfield has been a three headed monster that almost every week has been unplayable, except for the Pittsburgh game when when they actually did some good stuff. But then last week, it, it took a step back. Uh, Hollywood Brown is so frustrated that he's tweeting after games, why aren't you throwing me the ball? And I'm worried that maybe 
not that Lamar Jackson's a, a bad player. I, I don't want to bury him. I'm not saying they should bench him or he's a total fraud or anything, but I think this MVP season he had is going to go out as such a gross outlier. I don't think he'll ever be an MVP candidate again. I think he'll just be an interesting player that you need to scheme with uh, creatively and he needs to get better. He can't throw. He can't make every throw that you need to make right now. The Steelers had a great game plan. Keep him in the pocket. Make him pay the price when he runs. They were lucky enough they didn't get any personal fouls because you always run that risk of breathing on the quarterback and a flag falls. But I'm afraid that maybe the league has caught up to Lamar Jackson and it's incumbent on the Ravens to – remember, they had their bye week. I, I thought they'd, they'd play really well after their bye. They did put up a bunch of yards, but they didn't get the job done. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to trust this Ravens offense right now. Totally. That's why I took the points, and I, I you, you framed it well as far as let let's see it, approve it. But um, if L- Lamar Jackson might be the most fascinating player to, to watch moving forward. I was listening to Warren Sharp make the argument that he's really had success on first downs this season, yet is unable to match the ability of of, of getting all the third downs like he was last year. And typically, that's a sign of of good moving forward. But Ravens run the ball more than any team on first down. So he remains just a huge wild card. Um, I know I'm upset with all the Marquise Brown uh, draft picks I made, and I'm not super encouraged. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at the prove-it mode with you. Um, Lamar Jackson, yeah, one of the bigger disappointments of the year so far, for sure. You know, for all my incessant complaining about the Patriots taking Nikhil Harry, remember Hollywood Brown was the first receiver taken in the 2019 draft, you're not AJ Brown, not DK Metcalf, not Darius Slate, not Travis Fulgham uh, on 165 on. pounds coming off Liz Frank uh, surgery with a screw in his foot too. That was uh, oh, baby. Yeah. also not Terry McLaurin, who this guy, seven targets every week. He, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He's like the new Allen Robinson, except I think he's better than Allen Robinson or you know, kind of a different player. Robinson's more of the, the physical chain mover with McLaurin is more of a splash play guy, but look at the quarterbacks he's played with and he doesn't Keenum and, and Haskins and, and nobody thinks Kyle Allen is really anything special. Alex Smith, it's a great story that's on the field, but um, you know, he, he's obviously right now a below average quarterback. He, he doesn't care. And the touchdown McLaurin had last week, triple covered ball, probably shouldn't be thrown. McLaurin catches it anyway, and then takes it to the house. That guy's ridiculous. That That's just a guy, when they have the ball and there's a ball thrown downfield, and I'm pretty confident it's going to him, I just immediately get excited. I'm like that with A.J. Brown, too, or any Russell Wilson pass, for that matter. I, I know the Washington offense you know, isn't really that great, although, again, I'm going to give you a DFS play in a second that isn't McLaurin, but... Man, Terry McLaurin, how did he go in the thir- third round, I think, for McLaurin, right? Yeah, it's great. I guess he was, I believe, a little bit old uh, when he graduated, Ohio, when he left Ohio State, but so good. And there's the highlight reel of Haskins missing him wide open in the end zone last year multiple, multiple times over and over. Um, you look at his target share, air share, like basically he's second to Devontae Adams. So while it's not a great environment, at least whoever's playing quarterback is targeting him relentlessly. So, yeah, given his environment outdoors, you know, a defensive team, that division, what he's done the first year and a half of his career, he's true, like superstar potential. Like he, he's awesome. And, and AJ Brown, another special player, just makes it look easy. Is there a player that can reach up top, such top speeds when they look like they're jogging and so physical? Yeah. These, it's such a special group of receivers right now in, in the league. It's funny when they changed the rules on uniform numbers, because all the receivers previously had to wear between 80 and 89. And then they just finally decide, okay, a wide receiver can also wear between 10 and 19. And with the exception of CD lamb wearing 88, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting one or two other guys. These guys all want to wear digits, the the, uh, the 10 to 19s, right? Um, you know, 
uh, uh, McLaurin is 17. A.J. Brown is 11. Michael Thomas is 13. Devontae Adams is 17. What, what I wish they would do is they let the players wear digits in college. You know, you, 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 Notre Dame has a receiver, Adams. He wears number three. What, why, why can't the NFL do that? I just think it would be so cool. They'd sell a million shirts. And when a player came into the league, instead of like, oh, you can choose one of these three or four numbers, you'd have like 15 numbers to choose from. It is different, right? I had to look at what what is Ayuk's number because you mentioned all the f- the future stars, studs. So yeah, Ayuk went with 11? eleven. He went with eleven. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Debo was seventeen too. Yeah, yeah. Debo, yeah. Debo is. I think he's seventeen, right? He is. He's been hurt. Nineteen. 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 Yeah, he's been hurt so much. It's been hard for me to remember what number. I've always is. been terrible with numbers for whatever reason. I have these random stats in my head as a kid, but for some reason the numbers have never it's never stuck with me too much. Is that you're not a number guy? You're not a number guy. Not, not really when it comes to the back of jerseys, no. The more, well, like if more you were the, on the, the if, if Yahoo had a softball team, you wouldn't demand to have your number, you wouldn't play? Right, right, yeah. Not really. I remember 23 when I was a kid just because I worshipped Jordan like every kid my age, but not really, really. What about yourself? 23, you, you worshipped Devin Hester, Ryan Sandberg. Those are those, those Chicago athletes who wore 23. I like odd numbers. I like prime numbers. So 11 is a number I've always liked. Um, my birthday is 31, so I, I like 31 if it applies. Some sports, 31 isn't a good number. 11 would probably be what I'd go with on the Yahoo softball team. So keep that in mind, Yahoo softball. I, I, I may be 2,000 miles from, from Los Angeles, but I'll make it in on game day. Monday night, Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, just smashing, right? And touchdown in every game. He's uh, Some people think he's an MVP candidate. I think he's more of an offensive player of the year candidate because I don't think Minnesota's going anywhere. But they've played a lot better lately. Minus two and a half point favorites at Chicago. The total is 44 and a half. What do you make Minnesota, Chicago? That's Alvin Cook, almost unfair. All, what, nearly 500 yards the last two weeks and even allowed Abdullah to get his revenge game touchdown last week on a 30-yard screen that he easily could have taken to the house. Uh, Cook has, I believe, more fantasy points than any two running backs combined the last two weeks. Uh, having said that, give me the Bears here, the home team, outdoors. Um, they'll muck it up, get this an ugly an ugly win. Uh, get cu- Cousins, I don't know what to make of, of that team in general, but, you know, prime time and all that. So uh, I, took the, I took the home dog. I did too. I, I'm still wired to take home underdogs. And I, I feel kind of silly that my staff picks record is hovering around 500 where under, if you'd taken every underdog, you'd be printing money in your basement. And this should be a season that's playing well for me, just kind of contrary and fading. And I don't know. I've just taken too many hero favorites, but I could only take the bears in this game. I still respect their defense. And you wonder as great as cook is, I, I don't think Minnesota's run-pass ratio makes sense. They've thrown the fewest passes in the NFL. They, it seems like their dream game is to have Cousins throw the ball 15 times a game. And when considering that Jefferson is averaging the highest yards per target in the league, I, his target count is criminal. I, Thielen's still a good player. We saw Irv Smith get involved last week with a couple of touchdowns. I, Cook's tremendous, but I don't think the idea of running the ball 35 or 40 t- times and throwing it 18, I don't think that's the right ratio. No, this Bears defense is 100% legit. I like going uh, on the team who's coming off three straight losses, tough schedule, Vikings coming off back-to-back wins. So this just feels right going Bears here. Okay, let's give the people some DFS winners. Uh, That includes Dalton, myself, and producer Ragu. We're all going to play this DFS game. Dalton, who are you spending up for this week? All right, so the aforementioned Brandon Ayuk. um, I feel like I have to talk about him because I have him ranked as a top 15 
wide receiver this this week and fantasy pros expert consensus ranking has him as the wide receiver 42 um i was way higher on the rest of the yahoos looking there maybe i'm crazy and i'm a homer as the niners here but uh debo if he does return he should be limited and there uh, uh shanahan said that he had about 85 percent of his plan his plays drawn up for Ayuk on that thursday night game before he had to sit he didn't have covid he just had contact tracing so we saw what richie james did and with the scheme there so niners down to no running backs a team that's going to be playing from behind like crazy uh certainly not priced uh too cheaply at 21 but i really like Ayuk's setup as the niners number one target by far i mean don't forget kittles out too with Bourne status, Kendrick Bourne status being up in the air, do you think Richie James is playable for fantasy DFS seasonal? I mean, do you think he, as a third receiver, he'll get enough volume that we can trust him? I am in leagues deep deep enough that, yeah, with Samuel's uh, uh, status up in the air and, and all the other reasons I mentioned, Richie James yeah, obviously could just be a one-hit wonder or whatever. Don't go blow your fab on him. But absolutely in the deep enough format with this situation, he could be usable this week for sure. I am going to promote J.D. McKissick, and I know $17 sounds like a lot because you normally think of a McKissick as like a punt play, 11 bucks, 13 bucks, something like that. They don't like playing Gibson on third down, and Alex Smith never met a short pass or a dump-off pass he didn't want to make. In fact, one of his interceptions last week was when McKissick fell down on a short pass and it turned into a gift turnover to the Giants. Not that I'm bitter or anything. I, I just have a, a sea of ripped-up tickets in my office that say Washington football team on them. But McKissick... You have to live with the fact that there isn't a ton of touchdown equity here, but I think he might catch another nine passes. I think he produces a profit of 17 bucks. And producer Ragu, showing that I didn't read the, the full script before we aired, you know, so penalty flag on P&L. I kind of took away some of his Jacoby Myers steam. I apologize for that. He's 11 bucks in DFS. And this is one of the kind of the hacks of DFS, right? A player goes off on Monday. The slate for the next week is already priced out. So what Myers has done has not been factored into his future DFS price. That's a great time to get an unbelievable value. I, I just 11 bucks on Myers. I don't see how you lose on that. Yeah, and I don't care if Harry even returns. He was second in Whopper last week behind only Devontae Adams. So he's getting the targets and the air yards and all that. Um, for sure, I'm in on Myers at 11. McKissick, I like as well, too, even before Gibson's uh, popped up on the injury report. He led all running backs in routes run last week. And Alex Smith remains a the quarterback there. So, yes, I, I absolutely am in on. Although, yeah, the running back landscape, as we said, the fearless forecast, it's hilarious. I started looking at it. I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to ring and talk about McKissick for sure. I mean, he's, he's absolutely an option right now. I'll look forward to that video. I'll play it up as soon as we finish here. Let's talk about a couple of quick fades. Who's the big name player you're not going to DFS in week 10? Right, I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins at 30. He's going to be shadowed by Tredavious White. Uh, Michael Thomas is the same price. I really like him against the Niners back at closer to full strength at home. I mean, what he did last last year at home was just ridiculous. Um, or if you want to pay up for, for Devontae Adams at 39 or Cooper Cup at 24 against the Seahawks, so that, that defense. So I don't like Hopkins at 30 this week getting shadowed by White. Yeah, it makes me wonder. I don't have Christian Kirk's price in front of me, but he's been smashing lately. And with White and Hopkins tangling all day, I, I think maybe Kirk would be 18, a, a good pro. Very affordable, yeah. 18, yeah. That, that's a pretty good play there. James Conner, man, they had a big f- spread game against Dallas. Uh, Pittsburgh just didn't show up. I don't, and, and it's not just Conner. Roethlisberger hasn't looked right to me. They have great receivers here. They have a great defense. They have a great offensive line. I don't think Roethlisberger is 100%. Of course, now you know, with the COVID status, you throw that into the mix. So the buoyancy of the offense might hurt Connor. I could never pay $26 for him in DFS this week. Yeah. Uh, no, what a 
what a just disastrous game against them. Yet they still held on for everyone who had them in, in, in Survivor. Very, very annoying. Yeah, no, they're, they're a weird team to be undefeated, but does anyone consider them the best? You know, it's, 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 it's an odd, odd situation there. Well, it's funny. I, I would not, I do not know what BetMGM uh, is offering for the Steelers to go undefeated. But if you wanted to actually bet that, I think you take them a la carte. You just bet them every week and roll it over. Mm-hmm. But maybe, let's go the other way. Can I interest you, Dalton Del Don, in a 175 prop on the Jets to go winless? Is this in play now? I mean, we, for one thing, they have every reason to want to go winless, right? I mean, maybe the Steelers, if, if they were undefeated, but it was late in the season, they wanted to rest guys, whatever. You know, maybe if they had the bye in hand, it wouldn't matter. But the Jets want Trevor Lawrence. I don't see a lot of wins for the Jaguars on the horizon. It may be incumbent on them to try to lose all their games. Do you think plus 175 is interesting. It's probably not enough with seven games, but man, with Adam Gase, uh, and, and if there's a lot of Flacco, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. But it's probably not enough to entice me. That I, I'm guessing they win one, but um, there are there's similar points. We're going to make P Ryan the feature back coming out of the bye, which uh, yeah, go figure. With uh, instead of giving off to Jerry, I need P Ryan. Do not talk down P Ryan okay. because I need him. I'm on some teams where my running backs are terrible, and oh, no. apparently Chase Edmonds isn't going to save my season. So I need P. Ryan in, in week 11. Oh, no, I'm not talking him down. I just don't understand why they, they felt forced to have to give Octa Jerry and uh, Frank Gore all the carries, you know, in a winless season. It just doesn't make any sense when he's uh, right before his 50th birthday. But um, I, I do think they'll probably sneak <laughs> a, one, one of these games in here. Um, so I probably would stay away from that. What do you think, though? I mean, I would never uh, count Adam Gase out of anything, though. Again, I think maybe the value might be going a la carte there. I'd have yeah, to see like who the that, opponents yeah. are. But I think the Jets will beat somebody. I just don't know who it was and who it is. And I still think they'll be the first pick. But what of the an draft. incentive well, not to, though, right? I mean, with Trevor Lawrence looking so, so good right in front of you there. I mean, yeah, if you're the owner, do you not say something to Gase? I mean, it's, I guess it makes sense why they haven't fired him, right? I mean, it, it, if you think about it that way, it makes total sense to just let Gase keep losing each week. Yeah, I wonder if the league will ever change and go to a lottery situation or go to a lot of people have said, let the best team that doesn't make the playoffs pick first. So teams are, are competing right. for those wins late in the season. I wonder if at some point we'll see a change. I mean, you know, the NBA changed it in the mid eighties and then maybe, or maybe not steered Patrick Ewing to the Knicks. One of my favorite, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. That's one thing I actually kind of believe in a little bit that maybe the, the Ewing thing might've had some nefarious stuff in the background. Let me try to sell you on one more prop. Buffalo is minus a thousand to win the AFC East over at BetMGM. I, don't, I just don't think you can bet that now. But could I interest you? I'm the guy who gave you that bad Washington advice. Could I interest you in the Dolphins at plus 550? You could. Yeah, they're totally interesting. I mean, they have a better point differential right now. What if two is the real thing? Their defense. Uh, yeah, you could absolutely interest me in that. Uh, that would be a prop that I'd be, uh, uh, yeah, plus 550 right now. Dolphins, uh, very interested in that one. So, of course, we're not just podcasters. We're also writers, tweeters, and all sorts of things over at Yahoo. Please read Dalton's start-sit column on Friday, which is just every game covered, all sorts of actionable stuff. And, of course, we will have the Fantasy Football Live flagship program on Sunday. We'll get you going for Week 10. And if you're into podcasts, you came to the right place at Yahoo Sports, the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, who are also in the Super League with Dalton and I, 20-team bloodbath, really good guys. You'll get a lot of fancy advice snuck into that show in addition to just great NFL takes. And then the Yahoo Sports College podcast, which is also the, the Bash Jim Harbaugh podcast, and I'm all for it. Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our old friend Pat Forty, now with Sports Illustrated. They run a great three-man weave in all things college. You can follow us on Twitter, Yahoo Fantasy, Scott underscore Pianowski, 
Dalton Del Don. I want to thank producer Ragu again for keeping us on the air, sounding great, giving us some intel on Jacoby Myers, wide receiver of the 2020s. I'm putting it out there right now. Of course, Cam's, Cam Newton's last touchdown pass, I think, was in a bowl game in 2011 or 2010, whenever that was. But I digress. Myers is coming on. Thanks to Myers. Thanks to Ragu. And thanks to Planners. Keep those nuts coming. Keep those delicious treats. What's better on game day than a big, you know, the, the you got the tin, you get the little plastic thing, you pop it open and, and you just throw the cover off because you're not putting it back on. You're eating all those peanuts on a Sunday. So thanks to Planners for keeping us going, giving us the salted, delicious snacks for over a hundred years. Thanks one more time to BetMGM for providing all the odds on this show. Tomorrow, Andy Barron's Liz Loza to preview the rest of the week nine t- slate for fantasy. Until then, Straight cash, homie. We are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.